my dog broke a nail down to the quick, mm-hmm. which is like a get him to the vet situation because yeah. if it gets infected, the quick is actually like connected to the bone. So if it gets infected, it could become a bone infection, which is a bad, bad thing. So we yes. took him to the vet. His foot is all wrapped up. And the vet was like, he's going to need to have a cone on to keep him from chewing the bandage off because that could, you know, increase the risk of an infection. Mm-hmm. Um, he hates the cone. He has not adjusted yet to the fact that he has a cone on. So he's constantly knocking it into things. He can't scratch his own ears. He's Aww. just, it's, I hate seeing him so depressed. <laughs> he's so upset. But now he's loving it because I'm touching him and I'm rubbing his ears. And Aww. he barely got any sleep because he can't get comfortable. So we have a we have a cone alternative arriving. It's just like a booty, basically, like a Velcro foot cover. And that's all we need. We just need to make sure he doesn't chew on his foot. So right. once that gets here... He's just got to not put his foot in his mouth. Yeah. Once yeah. that gets here, we try that out. Take the cone off him. He'll be so thrilled. Right, buddy. I know. That was a big sigh. Life is so hard for him right now. I'm trying not to, like, blow this out of proportion because it's not like he's the first dog to ever have to wear a cone and be uncomfortable no. about it. But he's my boy. And he's normally so happy, and he's just so uncomfortable now, and I hate it. <laughs> I don't want this thing on him anymore. Poor thing. He'll be good, right? He will absolutely not be good. He, he will not chew on be his good. foot as soon he as I look chew away. His, on his foot. He cannot be He chews on his foot just for no reason. Like, I know he's, just he's like, a, hmm, delicious. I know he's a good boy, but he cannot be trusted. I'm recording the podcast. <sighs> so it's, not, it's not, like, important. No, it's not that important. They don't, they don't care. They know what? recording today we're so i witnessed an interesting conversation i'm monica and i witnessed an interesting conversation welcome to bonus experience this is going <laughs> to be a very with a, deeper look at the experience right right but this is going to be pretty basic for us and it's going to be kind of an informal episode because neither of us felt like writing an outline i just watched uh, my waveform jump because my dog sighed <laughs> <laughs> he went me Poor too, guy. man. Me too. What a mood. I'm here, buddy. I'll rub your ears. So you witnessed yeah. A, yeah. A, a conversation. With a bunch of people talking about advice for someone who is playing specifically D&D in this case for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, first time players. At, okay. First time players, right? And then the whole conversation was among a bunch of fairly experienced people talking about, like, what are good tips for someone who has never played before? As mm-hmm. this person was nervous about joining their first ever D&D game. Which mm-hmm. is a really, really common thing I see all the time. And then a bunch of people had a bunch of really good thoughts and suggestions for how to be a good player. And then there was a lot of talk about how, like, there's so much GM advice. And a lot of it's bad, but there's so much GM advice out there. And there's not a lot of discussion about being a, a good player and, like, what yeah, to do okay. for your first time. How do you alleviate being nervous? So we're talking about being a first-time player. Right. Being a first-time player, and then I actually kind of do want to talk about playing D&D for the first time, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, for, we, I would like to actually talk about D&D specifically, because truth be told, the vast majority of people who are picking up a game for the first time are going to be picking up D&D. Yes. Let's yeah. be real. There are outliers, 
I know you're out there. I'm one of you. But uh, my first game was Exalted First Edition. Um, <laughs> but for the vast majority of people, they're going to be picking up D&D. And there's tons of resources and places to play if you want to get into tabletop RPGs. And it's very, very easy to get into D&D. So we're going to talk about it. I, I want to talk about tips for being a good player overall. Like in general, there's a whole bunch of things that you can do to make yourself a better player. Like if you're starting for the first time, here are some tips to be a good new player, no matter what you're playing. No matter uh, what you're playing. Playing, yeah. So I'm going to start with turn taking. Oh God, yes. Take that's your turn. Like, yeah. That's so that's very like, important. it doesn't, literally, it doesn't matter what game you're playing. Turn-taking is super important. It doesn't matter if your first game is Sleepaway, which would be a very interesting place to start. And if that's you, I want to hear from you. <laughs> or if you are playing D&D 5th Edition, turn-taking is super important. Don't talk over people. Understand when it's your time to, to speak. Don't get so excited that you shout over other people. If you are neurodivergent and you have a hard time with that, do your best to keep it under control. And I understand, like, you know, just <laughs> listen to us for like five seconds and you'll hear that, you know. ADHD makes it hard to wait your turn. <laughs> yeah, sure. but, yeah, we literally just but, talked over each other. Yeah. <laughs> if you're aware of this as a as as someone who knows that they are neurodivergent, try to rein in that impulse because it's it's spotlight sharing is is kind of an important concept in playing and it's also maybe one of the hardest things to get the hang of and to learn the nuances of, but just a very basic, you know, take your turn. Really important thing to keep in mind as a first time player. It's really important. You would be shocked, or maybe you wouldn't, at sometimes how much difficulty grown adults have with this. Yeah. Also, turn-taking includes not talking over people when you are not involved in the scene. Like, if you can try to be mindful about not interrupting people when they're doing something else. Let me also put a, a classifier on this one. And this is also for experienced people. I'm speaking to you for a second experienced people if you're listening to this episode. <laughs> so if you keep your fucking mouth shut, unless you see... Someone having a hard time with something. Like, let's say we're all playing Exalted. That's a game with a lot of rules. And someone is having a hard time deciding what to do. It is okay to be then to then be like, hey, do you have such and such charm? I think that might be useful. That is an okay thing to do. Right. But when someone is in the middle of trying to describe the stunt and you're like, I think you should do this. That's shitty. Don't do it. Yeah. No, let them get their <laughs> stunt out. Yeah. Let, please let people finish talking. This is like the num my number one thing that everybody should work on taking your turn and it is also especially important if you're playing a storytelling game maybe even more important then try not to hog the spotlight try to take your turn remember that sometimes it is other people's time to talk you don't have to be talking the whole time no <laughs> matter how excited now. you are it is quiet time now and if you need to like look at your phone so that you don't interrupt people maybe we do that huh yeah look at yep. your phone stack your dice doodle on your character sheet that rolls right into be respectful i i don't know i don't know how i need to like classify this further but i mean like respectful of people's phobias and backgrounds and identities and when they're talking <laughs> and it, that also extends into if someone's trying to do something cool don't make a joke about it yeah you know what i mean like let them be cool let them have their moment and this includes if the gm is doing something too like if the gm is trying to pull off something spooky or impressive or, you know, intimidating. If it's like a set piece and there's a certain gravity to it, don't hold your jokes. Don't make them feel silly. If other players are trying to pull something off with their characters, don't embarrass their characters. 
yeah. unless they're like, oh, it'd be so funny if, if this happened. Maybe we get into that later where we talk about how really running a or playing in a game is a conversation where you all are trying to come to the best, most fun outcome. Yeah, that like the subcategory of take your turn is be respectful. And that's that's part of it, too. Like, right. Try not to burst someone's bubble, regardless of what that is. Like, if it's a scary scene, buy in. Mark out, buy in. If someone's <laughs> trying to be badass, treat them like a badass. If someone's trying to be funny, treat it like it's funny. If someone's trying to be scary, treat it like it's scary. Go along, play along. Do yeah. your best to play along. And if someone is trying to scare you or your character and you don't want that to happen or feel uncomfortable with it, maybe speak up about, hey, I don't really like where this is going. You are allowed to do that. You are allowed to advocate for th yourself with things you don't like. Very much. Yes. Very much so. Um, just don't be rude about it. Be respectful, even when it comes to standing up for yourself. Just like, like I know that you're trying to be spooky here, but I actually really don't like the, the emotion you're trying to instill in me. Or like maybe someone's trying to be scary and either you don't find the thing scary or the thing is like something you're phobic of. And that's a pretty great time to, even if you're using safety tools, cause safety tools can't cover any, anything to, to like put a little time out on that and be like, this isn't doing it for me. And if you're going to do that, I would highly recommend p putting out something that does. Yes. Especially if the GM is trying to, to create a, an attitude or a mood that's spooky. You're like, you know what? Not afraid of zombies, but you know what I am afraid of? purple worms <laughs> i just pulled something out of my butt but like or you know if it's the other way like yeah. i am legitimately too afraid of zombies zombies yeah. this is no longer fun but how about we try skeletons i'm tigers? not a yeah <laughs> how about we try you know uh, shadow figures sure yeah <laughs> bring in something else you're allowed to do that. I'll be honest, might make things a little awkward, but I promise they'll be better in the long term. I also think it's good to pay a reasonable amount of attention. Yes. When I say a reasonable <laughs> amount, I know that since we are speaking to D&D &D people, sometimes turns can take a long time. Yes. Yeah. And it is okay to draw or to knit or to surf Tumblr or whatever when it is not your turn. But like, try not to check out so hard that you no longer know what's going on. <laughs> yes. Especially because... as stated, you know, in games like D&D &D where turns take a while, if you're paying attention, at least a, a little bit, you can start to think about what you want to do on your turn to make sure your turn doesn't take longer than it needs to. Also, tabletop games have a little bit of a performance element. Like, I would not call the whole thing a performance, especially not in a lot of traditional games, but there is a performance element. And some of that has to do with audience energy. And remember that all the players, including the GM, are both the performers and the audience at the same time. And if you are not paying a reasonable amount of attention, you decrease the audience energy necessary to keep things going. So you need to be tuned in enough so that the GM and your other players aren't like, well, everyone's fucking checked out. There goes the energy. There goes the room energy. <laughs> <laughs> Which also rolls into my next point. Try to give a shit. You should, what? <laughs> yeah, you should care. You should care about the game. You should care about your character. You should care about what's going on. Try to give a shit about it. Have you never had someone who was just sort of like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just here to drink beer and hang out? Okay, yeah. It's not even like a like a person to person sometimes it's a day to day sometimes you yeah. show up during a day, during a game day and you're like i honestly i just want to i just want to hang out with you guys and be myself and not think about pretending to be elves for like a hot second yeah and, and you know if that's the case you should communicate that it is okay to not be able to give a shit let me put it 
put it this way. It is fine to ha- to not have the spoons to contribute, but you should communicate that. And like, if you are a little checked out and you're like, man, I had a long day at work and really what I want to do is just kick back with you guys and be present. But like, I can't be an elf today. Uh, <laughs> either ask for your character to sit out or like just be present in the background. Like e- your character will know what's going on because they're there, but you're not going to participate in scenes. And that's okay because then you're not disrupting people. But right. I mean, like your attitude going into the game, that would be an outlier, right? Your attitude going into the game should be that you want to participate in this game. You want to buy into the story. You want to play your character. You want to engage with the system, right? Give some shit. You don't have to be a... <laughs> super game designer who optimizes all the time and knows the whole system inside out and out. You don't have to be a master of lore and you don't have to like know everything about the game. You just kind of have to care about being there and participating in the experience, right? If you aren't going to care about the bare minimum of that sort of thing, don't play. If you find yourself consistently not caring, this might not be the game for you and that's okay. Yeah, or maybe like the group's not working out or maybe the GM's not working out. Maybe it's your turn to try running a game. Sometimes buying in really helps you enjoy the game more. That can also be very difficult if you're the only one buying in. And if that happens, I'm sorry. I think also as a generally good player thing is to offer to help. I think kind of culturally we put everything on the GM. Like bringing food and scheduling and dealing with conflict and providing play aids and supplying dice and... All of that is assumed to be the GM's responsibility. Uh, That's bullshit. There are things that you can help with as a first-time player that aren't Mm -hmm. necessarily, like, the game-running duties. Like Monica was saying, (laughs) it could be you get food. It could be you have the the place lined up where y'all are going to meet. It could be that you have a lot of extra dice because you went overboard and, and bought too many dice and you're bringing extra dice. You know, there's all sorts of different little ways you can help out the game without being the one who's in charge of the game. Here's a couple things that will go over super well if you are joining a group for the first time, especially if you're joining a group with someone who's expecting to be the person who manages all of these things. Let's say you have a house where you can host the game. That's a huge help, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody has it. Maybe you even have an apartment that has a nice living room. Whatever. It doesn't have to be a house. If you have the space to host the game, maybe you volunteer to host the game. That's a great a great way to be helpful. If you like cooking, maybe offer to cook for people. If you have the money to buy everybody pizza, maybe offer to do that, right? Like be provide food or snacks, drinks, whatever. Obviously, if that's too financially stressful on you, don't do it. But it's a common thing you can do. If you're really good at herding cats and helping with scheduling, that's a great thing you can do. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, And if you're really excited to buy new stuff for your character, go out and get a dice tray and a bunch of dice and like things everybody needs. Or like if you're playing D&D, buy those spell cards. Those are really helpful. Or or honestly, you could just be the guy that always brought paper and pencils. Pencils, Because there's never enough pencils. There's never enough pencils. Everyone always needs a pencil. In the year of our Lord 2022, a lot of things are digital. Maybe your group is all using PDFs and the whole pencil thing's redundant. But hey, if you're not, or you're the guy who got the PDFs and shared with everybody. If your team is wholly digital, but you're still meeting in meat space, you could bring extra chargers. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Bringing a spare. That's great, actually. Yeah. There's a lot of ways you can be really helpful to your whole group with just a bunch of really simple things like that. And that is a good way to be a good player. And honestly, if you just hit turn-taking and helpful, you're good. Yeah, honestly, (laughs) those are like the two best, (laughs) two best traits you could have as a new player. Yep. (laughs) 
where are we at? Do we need to take a mid mid episode break? We are 30 minutes in. All right. Okay. BXP in the mid episode break. We're brought to you by the Misdirected Mark Network. Become a BXP patron. Patrons get to chat with us directly. They get special Discord roles. They get exclusive hangouts. Those don't happen very often, but they do happen. <laughs> you, you can support <laughs> us for as little as a dollar a month, and we appreciate any money that you throw at us. And if right. you would rather yeah. support BXP without Patreon, because we know Patreon is kind of sketchy sometimes, uh-huh. you can subscribe on Ko-fi instead. ko-fi.com slash bonus EXP, or buy our stuff. We have a merch page. You can go to bxpcast.com slash bxpswag and check out our merch page, which I just said we have. Uh, And don't forget that we are sponsored by Nerdy Kepi, which sells all kinds of rad queer swag, like button downs, like cool shoes, like bags, like enamel pins, like masks. Get yourself some cool pride masks, patches, bxp mugs. (laughs) We got them. Fidget spinners. All, fidget spinners. All <laughs> kinds of shit. Right. Oh, yeah. So also remember, if you give us $20 for one whole calendar month, we will make you a certified Margaret in which Ray will make the worst certificate you have ever seen. Yeah. Uh, it's it, their <laughs> eyesores. 100% worth 20 bucks for what for a month. Like Once, once we have gotten your monies, we will I'm, certify I'm, you as a Margaret. I'm doing for the industry of graphic arts what DeChamp did with his signed urinal i am i am upending <laughs> the industry i am i am challenging the status quo i am ruffling some feathers and i'm making certifiable eyesores you'll be so glad that you have one <laughs> just rave reviews from everyone who's received one and every time we get someone who pledges at the $20 level for one of the certificates i uh, stream the creation of the certificate, and I try to have Terry with me because he's got unbelievably good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so I really recommend it. Yeah, we we highly recommend it. It's wonderful, uh, and you get to keep the certificate, which we send to you in PDF, so you can print it off and put it somewhere and use yeah. it as a conversation piece. Um, also, if you are trying to promote your your Kickstarter or your podcast or your indie game or anything like that, we have a $50 tier where much like the certificate, if you give us 50 bucks for one month, we will run a very brief ad for you during the mid-episode break. No guarantees we will get your ad right. As you can see, we have a hard time getting our own copyright. So... <laughs> There's that, but we will present it to our audience. And I don't know that we've ever brought this up in an episode, but I think it's important to point out, like, this season we've been able to get a pretty reliable release schedule going. And that is 100% because we've been able to afford to pay someone to edit these episodes for us. And we could only afford to do that through your generous patronage. So if you continue to support us, it's not just, oh yeah, you're kicking some money to BXP. You're also supporting a much more reliable release schedule. And in fact, if we can reach like another, I think I have the goal set up on the Patreon page. If we can reach our next goal, we can actually double our output because we'll be able to pay for double the episodes. So if you're like really into us and want to hear twice as much of us for whatever reason, think about upping your pledge or convincing other people to pledge. Because then you'll never be rid of us. It'll be an every week kind of a thing. I don't know how we're going to come up with something to talk about every week, but we always manage to fill the time. (laughs) We'll figure it out. 
We'll figure it out. If that if that happens, we'll figure it out. Well, I forgot to say that if you use code BXPCAST on Nerdy Keppy, oh, you get you get 10% off. And that never expires. You can always yeah. use it. So and Nerdy Keppy stuff is a little pricey, which is fine that they charge with their worth. So if you're just like, man, I really want these shoes and this cool shirt, but I can't afford both of them right now, buy one and use BXPCAST and then come back later, buy the other. And the code yep. will still work. You can get 10% yep. off both of them and we get the money both times. Also, there's a shirt that says die mad about it, and you know you want one. <laughs> <laughs> and ideally, there'll be a shirt with a really terrible certificate on it at some point. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's also a shirt that says Margaret with an exclamation point, so you oh, two yeah. can, can yell at our editor. <laughs> In case you didn't know that, both of those are available. Go buy one. Last thing, saying nice things. Always free. Leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google, Stitcher, Spotify. I don't know where you listen to us. Wherever you do. Give us a good review and tell your friends so that we can have more listeners and continue to make content. That's really the most helpful thing you can do. Tell all your D&D friends about this episode. Send that link around. The next time you see someone complaining that women aren't talking about D&D, send them a link to this episode. Do that. Yeah. Because Perfect. we totally are. <laughs> oh, well, we we're are right not, now. We're just not saying very nice things. I mean, <laughs> shh. If you like bonus experience, you'll also like Gnomecast. Several gnomes yeah. from Gnome Stew get together to talk about gaming topics and themselves in an effort to entertain you and avoid being thrown in the stew. All right, and now back to our show. Let's talk about what not pitfalls to avoid. What 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 like shouldn't you do? Like what in shouldn't a player do? Yeah. Well, you shouldn't get too in your head about role-playing your character with extreme accuracy. Yeah. Like, don't. don't worry about, I don't have a voice, right? I don't know what my character would do in this situation. Role-playing has kind of, especially, I, this might be more of a modern thing, or, or at least it's gotten worse with the last, like, I want to say five or six years, with the proliferation of actual plays where said actual plays are performed by, like, you professionals know, professionals like yes. theater kids actors voice actors don't feel like you have to come into this like you're a trained improv actor like that's yeah. not you're here to play a game first and foremost so have fun don't feel like you're being put on the spot and have to create a whole new blorbo from your skull like zeus athena style just you know do your best and honestly the character will come to you with with each time that you play you'll start to kind of learn more and more about how you want that character to sound and how you want them to act and it, it'll come to you don't worry about it so much i also think don't get caught up in the fallacy of like but that's what my character would do yeah that's the flip side don't yeah, get yeah. so into what your character would do that you actually start to hold the game hostage <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you'll be in a situation and you're like doing this contrary thing certainly feels in character but it's gonna derail the whole thing remember at all times that you are in control of your blurbo yes <laughs> and yes. you can choose to go along with things rather than be difficult and if you want to create a conflict you can simply be like like, actually, I think my character would disagree. Can we have an argument about it in character? Mm -hmm. I, Monica, out of character, I'm not upset with you. Yes, uh, I've done yes. that, right? Like, yes. make, it, make it clear that like, hey, I'm not mad, me personally, but I would like to disagree with you in character. Or I know the internet's latest white man D&D &D darling, Brennan Lee Mulligan, is he had this whole, like, it was this clip that was going around about him talking about the difference between the character narrative and then you as the 
actor slash player slash writer understanding that what the narrative requires is not what your character would like to have happen and specifically you want to go for the things that are fun and cool to do even if your character wouldn't want that to happen does that make sense oh yeah i've been in games where but this is what my character would do has completely derailed or even held the game hostage and it's nightmarish because it's selfish on the surface it's really not a very nice thing to do and like monica was saying you're in control like the character is not real the character (laughs) is not what has agency here Mm -hmm. you the player (laughs) are the one with agency and you can decide whether that thing happens or not the other thing that i think is a pitfall that gets people who are starting the game is people often sell the tabletop experience with like you can do anything Mm. Uh, as opposed to like a video game. And so what that really means is that most games aren't scripted. You can make any choice when presented with the thing in the game. It doesn't mean that every concept is supported by the game's rules. And it doesn't mean that when like the GM talks about you venturing off into the forest to go find the dragon that you're like, no, I want to go home. Yeah, I mean, like, like, yeah, you can do anything. You can do that, but... But that's not what that means. That means there's no forced choices. You don't have a dialogue wheel that tells you what to say to the NPCs. You don't get to choose between being the good guy, the supposedly morally ambiguous jerk, but it's actually just being a huge evil dickbag, Bioware. Uh, You don't have that. There's no good guy, sarcastic guy, aggressive guy option. Like you've got, you know, because it's, it's it's a free form you know, narrative, it's conversation. Theoretically, yes, you could decide to do different things, but then it's a conversation. You're not the only person here at the table. So you might decide my character wants to go home instead. And then the rest of the players go, okay, we've decided that you are no longer invited. Like that you, it goes back to what Monica was saying about buy-in. You may be able to choose something. You may be able to have anything happen, but it's still there's the social contract still comes into play and the rules of the game, depending on how closely your table is following them, will also kind of curb the whole anything part of that scenario. Yeah, some of that also came up in that interesting conversation I was describing earlier that like a very new person took you can do anything to mean that they could build their character however they wanted. Uh, Mm. And then they had a cool idea that just doesn't work at all uh and like this i also see this sometimes because the game i have the most experience teaching new people with is exalted which is a game that's very kitchen sinky like you can fit a ton of concepts into exalted and yet new people somehow manage to find the spaces in which that doesn't work (laughs) i think the thing is that when we talk about you can be anything in exalted you could be weird stuff what we mean is you should be weird stuff like if you're thinking of something that's very rote cliche fantasy from like you know tolkien you should be thinking weirder what we mean by you can be anything is you should be trying to think outside the box when you're playing exalted (laughs) (laughs) when you pitch exalted with like well they're kind of like epic mythology superheroes and someone goes well can i play spider man and like shoot webs out of my hands kind of kind of or like can i play venom and that's a much harder question right that or just a really weird goop based exigent yeah you could make a goop based egg but so like look at us my example here is that like (laughs) venom out of the box is a thing that you kind of have to work pretty hard to do and it's sort of stretching yes you can do anything right so it's a hard concept to port in and it requires a lot of work and so you may 
have a cool concept when you show up to a game that might actually require a lot of work. Try not to be discouraged if your first idea either requires a lot of work or doesn't really fit. Or also, like, read up a little bit and see if you can figure out how to do that ahead of time for this person. So don't have to leave your GM being like, well, not really. Yeah, do a little, <laughs> do a little research ahead of time into what the, the setting expectations are and maybe the tone of the game so that you don't come to your game with a concept that either won't work or your GM kind of makes that face and goes, well... Yeah. Let's talk about how to be a good player if you're going to play D&D. Specifically D&D? Specifically D&D. Because let's face it, most people's first game is going to be D&D. Yeah. So I'm going okay, to so... start with don't look up optimization advice on Reddit. No. Do not do that thing. Don't do that. That often creates a, an immediately hostile attitude. We are we are going to assume that you are the first time player of a D&D game where your DM is actually going to be a cool guy and isn't going to expect you to come optimized, isn't going to be throwing unbelievable challenges at you, isn't going to fall into the DM pitfalls. We're coming into this like very charitably assuming that your DM is going to be a very good DM. How can you be a good first time player? So and we're going to assume that everyone is acting in good faith. In the interest of acting in good faith, don't try to look up how to min-max your character right away. However, right. do look up how to make the character the way you want to make. Yeah. Because there's a lot of rules. There's a lot of books. And if you have like a really cool concept for like a sexy tiefling thief, but you don't really know what to choose in order to be a guy who's really good at sneaking and stealing, then maybe ask people for help with that. There's nothing wrong with asking for help to build the character that you want so that when you get to playing, you're not like, oh, oh this kind of sucks. Also, Aww. pro tip, look up how stealth works. <laughs> I guarantee it does not work the way you think. <laughs> yeah. If, like, if you're coming from playing, say, Skyrim or other <laughs> like vi like fantasy video games, turns out that you cannot just crouch and walk around and no one sees you. <laughs> I guess on that level, too, with regards to D&D specifically, there are a couple of pitfalls that are specific to char uh, character, like class and race builds, where we're saying don't look up min-maxing. Don't look up like ideal builds. Do look up advice on how to build a character competently because as popular as D&D is and as much support as D&D has, there are still choices you can make that will cause you to build a character that is not very good at the things it should be good at. Ranger is the first thing that comes to mind <laughs> as far as trying to make it an effective character and making a character that maybe isn't great at any of the things you would want to be great at. <laughs> <laughs> Druid. <laughs> Druid and Ranger. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. other people have their opinions on other classes as well. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we are not going to talk about like what classes are good and what aren't. I just want a first-time person good to... good or bad. Yeah, I just want a first-time person to feel satisfied with their choices. And if you have yeah. to ask for some advice, that's okay. okay. Also, it is okay to ask to respec. Some yes, GMs may be buttheads about this. They shouldn't be. Because um, you're new. Yeah, you're... this is your first time. They should be okay with you going. Actually, this doesn't. This didn't work out. I think I made some mistakes. Yeah, and we actually understand. have a whole BXP episode about redoing your character. So yeah. if you want to listen to that, go go from this one to that one. I also think that if you're playing out of a pre-made adventure, you shouldn't spoil it for yourself. Don't go read all the encounters ahead of time. Yeah, don't do that. Don't, why would no. you do that? For heaven's sake, why do people do this? I guess I understand wanting to be like, to know what sort of monsters are coming so you can be prepared or whatever. But like, mm, fun is being surprised. And a good DM will give you a heads up. Like, hey, because this advice takes place in the north, mm -hmm. don't, you know, take 
these different options for character creation because they won't be as effective against the kind of things that you'll face here. Like your your DM will be good about giving you some idea of what to expect and what not to do. Yeah. Like don't make a pirate. They... <laughs> like at least they should anyway. Um not every game does a session zero. We're assuming a charitable we like are. a decent DM. It's true. We are assuming a decent DM. So good acting in good faith. Like if uh, they were coming to our D and D game. Okay, so we talked about crit roll and APs, and I think it's really important to understand that real D and D games do not play like that. They really don't. They're uh, fun to watch. They are and fun to watch. And that's the key part. There is that they're fun to watch. You are not taking part in it more than you know, as more than an audience member. And the people that are putting on the show are actors. And they have, like, sound and light stages, and they have editors, and they have fucking stylists. <laughs> like, it's not going to be like your APs. Here's a bunch of things that are very real about playing real games of D&D. One, the rules can be hard and confusing. You will often have questions mm -hmm. about them. Figuring them mm -hmm. out will take some time. Two, mm -hmm. fights take a long time. Oh my god, yeah. I don't think anybody whose experience with games is an edited show understand how long a fight can take. It Hours. It can take a whole session. Yeah, it can take the entire time. A whole session time. could be one combat. As a corollary to that, there's a lot of waiting for your turn. And then sometimes you're going to act and then you're going to roll a one and it was a three hour session and that's literally all you did. That happens. Yeah. Like, it doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. And you kind of need to be aware that that's the game sometimes mm -hmm. don't let that scare you away from playing it's you should get tabletop role-playing games are fun just understand that occasionally it, it can be boring that sucks don't quit because of it also understand that the drama is what you make it like crit role often is scripted pre-recorded they kind of play in a lot of that stuff i'm sure that they improv and do things in the moment so that some of that is natural but like in a real face-to-face -face game not with professionals the drama is what you make it the group has to work together to make cool things happen and right. that goes right back to talking about buying in and being engaged and all that right yes uh, exactly you will never have exciting things if you don't buy into things being exciting or if you don't make choices that make exciting things happen it will not be handed to you fresh out of the mind of the gm you also have to give back the point of all of this is just temper your expectations <laughs> yeah um also if you're if your dm gives you the choice between uh using the stat array or for rolling as a first time player, I use really recommend you use the stat array. Use the stat just use the stat array always. Use the stat array. Just don't roll yeah. for stats. Don't fucking roll for stats. Don't come out for stats roll can for be st very fun. Don't get me wrong. <sighs> no, but it's not. I don't if you're a first I hate time it. player, use the array. <laughs> oh, well, I like it. Okay, well, <laughs> did you hear how my voice got? <laughs> that was offended. So, so just like that exchange of me being like, I hate it, and Ray being like, but I like it, is really the crux of the whole argument. That's the it's whole thing. Either it. you like it or you don't. Yep. But as a first-time player, I strongly also recommend using the stat array. It will be faster. And you It'll also be faster, and you won't shoot yourself in the foot you with a You won't shoot roll. yourself in the foot with a bad roll. Yeah. Uh, I think the other thing that's real a good tip for playing D&D for the first time is to learn the very basics of how to play, and then do your goddamnedest to remember them. There's a lot of very good play aids that people mm -hmm. have made already just kind of floating around on the internet and this is one of the situations where i would say actually going to reddit wouldn't be such a bad idea yeah or youtube or youtube I'm, I'm thinking reddit because i found a lot of really great resources people had already made like play mats that you can print out from like a google draw where you just print out and it's like put your guy here put your spell cards here oh nice you know, i actually for first time players i had created like little 
like a card deck for them basically that were like here's all your actions here's your spells and then i had like this little flow chart printed out for like you get an action you get a reaction you get a move and so, some people find that really useful for learning the system and learning the action economy which in dnd 5e is not really that no, difficult that, but it can be helpful when you're a first time player yeah don't try to don't try to reinvent the wheel and don't also just go into it thinking well i'll remember because you might, you might not. not. It's There's no shame in, in bringing like notes or yeah. cards or anything like that. Whatever it takes for you to remember the basics, do that. Yep. Here's what I would consider the basics. Knowing what your saves are. Knowing what your AC is. How to roll for an attack. How to add a modifier. How to roll initiative. These are all not very hard things. Right. <laughs> Going back to like pre-made stuff, there's character yep. sheets you can find that people have made specifically for new players that call out all the information that Monica just listed off. Like it'll it, like mm-hmm. big helpful boxes around this is your AC and this is your modifier. Add this like so you don't have to like scan the official sheet, which is not the greatest and try to figure out every time someone calls for a role, be like, okay, what is that? And spend like 30 seconds looking through your sheet for whatever little number that is. As a person who has run a lot of games, I can't tell you how annoying it is to have to repeatedly tell someone basic shit every game. <laughs> but like the first time it's fine. New, new people, they, they get lost, whatever. You're like, it's right here on your sheet. It's right here, right here. You, this is how you figure it out. Here you go. Once you're past like four sessions in, if you ask me how to roll initiative, I'm going to give you the wrong answer. Especially if we're playing Exalted and it's actually been a whole year of the game and there's no such thing as rolling initiative. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that that instance was first edition and there was. Nah, we switched into second edition, dog. Oh, yeah. But there still was like a start the fight roll. Join battle. It was joint battle. How do I roll joint battle again? I it drives me fucking crazy. Like, please just, the, just, just the basics. It's not hard. And if you're like, but I have a hard time remembering that sort of thing. Well, just put it on a cheat sheet and stick it, mm-hmm. tape it to your character sheet, or staple yeah. it to your character sheet, or get one of those um, sheet protectors that you can get at Staples and slip it in there with it. Yeah. It is not hard to keep that information ready, even if your memory sucks shit. What else you got? I think that's it. That's all yeah. I wrote down. Do you have anything all else right. that you think makes good? basic D&D advice? No, I, I feel like we covered the most important parts. Okay. Anything beyond that is like kind of advanced. Yeah. Advice. But you know, hey, that's great that you're getting started on playing role-playing games, even if it's Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Gateway drug, man. Uh, you will have a great time. Yeah, you will uh, have a great time. You're going to have, you're going to make so many cool friends. You're yeah. Gonna, you're going to learn You're going to make so many cool yourself. little guys with problems. Yeah. You're going to make a guy and be like, look how sad they are. (laughs) Made them so sad and broken and gay. (laughs) And then you'll be like, can we use D&D to play a a wizarding school about teenagers? They'll be like, no, but you can use this other game to play that. And then you'll learn how to play other games. Or they'll be like, yeah. And then the two of you will take the game apart and then you'll start to learn game design. Yeah, it's win-win. It's win-win, though starting to learn game design is a dangerous road. And once you do that, there's no coming back and it only gets worse. I think we're done. Okay. It's been an hour. I have to go eat lunch. I also have to go eat lunch. Monica. Yes. Monica. Yes. Monica, where can they find our show? They can find our show at bxpcast.com, part of the Misdirected Mark Network. Bing. And where can they email us? You can email us and let us know if our advice helped you feel more comfortable as a new player. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can send us love mail to bonusexpcast at gmail.com. 
are we on Twitter? We yeah, have Twitter. We do yeah, have a Twitter. Twitter. We have a we have a Twitter that automatically updates every time we post an episode and yeah. not not much else. Uh that is hey. <laughs> I update sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that is at bonus exp cast. Maybe we should move to Tumblr. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I work. Uh, we got a Discord though, right? Like we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think we everyone do. can join that Discord. Where's that yes, Discord? The Discord is public for everyone. Uh, patrons do get a private room with direct access to us, but we hang out in the Discord a lot generally, anyway. So joining it all, you'll get to hang out and enjoy all the wacky games other that also hang BXP out there. Fans. Yeah, <laughs> lots of lots of Zoomers, lots of gay people. I don't know. Yeah, why. lots of trans people. We even have a special <laughs> channel specifically for trans people to talk about trans stuff. Go we for love it. Love our trans fans. Anyway. Anyway, tinyurl.com slash bxp discord. Yeah. We'll see you there. Yep. Uh, Drop in wait, and say I'm hi. T- wait, we're on Twitter. Yeah. Right? We are. You're and on, on Tumblr. Twitter, right? Yeah. Yeah. I am at Zenith Sun on Twitter <laughs> and Dice Dash Wizard on Tumblr. I am Ray W. Cole on Twitter and I am Ray as intended on Tumblr. <laughs> 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 it's a gaming joke. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. I gotta eat. Yeah, me too. I'm gonna okay. leave. All right. All right. Everybody, everybody, everybody get out. Yeah, all right, I'm going. It's lunch Everybody time. get out. Mm, change it if you want to. Change it if you... Do I have to do this? Really? <laughs> Fine. Bones Experience is written and produced by Monica and Ray and edited by Margaret. Wait, you weren't going to give me credit. I had to I had to add that in. It's yeah. Our logo and art is by Nino Studios. Find her on Facebook and Instagram. Our theme song is Reuse Noise with the Light by CDK and is used under the Attribution Non-Commercial Creative Commons license. BXP is part of the Misdirected Mark Network. Wait. No, I'm not making a stupid gaming fun. Bye.